Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Mindset Playbook is excited to announce your opportunity to become a part of the success of Mindset Playbook podcast, as well as making the listening experience even better. Please go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com, and at the top of the page it says, find a creator, and type in Mindset Playbook Podcast. Choose how you'd like to begin, and you'll instantly become a part of the family. Larry looks forward to your participation in making all of our lives even better. I want to welcome all of you to Mindset Playbook, where today the question is, what's the future of work? And how important is our mindset to our success in the future of work? My guest today is Greg Martin. He's an investment banker, agile investor, an entrepreneur, and host of the podcast, Lifetime of Work. You know, with a focus on fostering personal growth and fulfillment, Greg is dedicated to helping people realize how great our jobs can be. Today, we're going to discuss not only the future of work, but how AI plays into it, working at home, and work-life balance. Greg, welcome to Mindset Playbook. Larry, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're looking forward to this. You know, Greg, with so much uncertainty, and according to the Gallup studies, over 85% of people are dissatisfied with their job, how would you say, do we love our job and life while making a mark on the world by building or doing something unique and amazing? So however you want to get around to resolving that for us, um, I'm sure you'll you'll blend it into what you're about to share. And we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, no, like I, I've honestly personally thought about that question in many ways, I think a lot. And, you know, what I've discovered over the years in, in terms of me doing different things is that our work in a lot of ways is a way to express ourselves. That's really what we're trying to do. And you know, there's some other ways we can do that. I mean, we can, back in the day, I think, you know, there was, there was more, we, I think we appreciated art more and it was more about, uh, you know, the, what we wrote or the speeches we gave or the, the yeah, drawings that we made. And, and, and many people still do that. But for a lot of us, I mean, that's not going to pay the bills and that's not really what our day-to-day is. It is, it is this job. And, you know, I think a lot of people can resist that idea that, um, you know, who you are is your job, but I'm kind of a person that has just maybe thought that at one point that I really shouldn't tie myself and say, Hey, I'm, I'm an investment banker or I am a, a lawyer or account or whatever it is. But I also don't think that that's a bad thing. And I've sort of come to realize that really it does form, uh, who you are and you can really get a lot out of life and uh, through your job. And I think that just that's part of the, my sort of ethos, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and I host a podcast sort of talking about that. And and I don't, you know, I'm not a coach. I don't I don't have a career a course to sell or anything like that. I'm really just fascinated by the world of work, where it's headed and what we can get out of it. So anyways, that's the quick, uh, quick answer anyways, for uh, for what is a complex question. All right. All right. 
Well, so, you know, I, I, I know that you're very successful. And yet, uh, along the way, I'm sure it wasn't just all wonderful and uh, you, you met a success at every turn in the road. You know, what, what, what kind of led you into what you're doing now? And, and what are some of the things you learned along the way when you, when you did find a setback occur in your life? Yeah, no, it's a great segue, I think, into just the quick story of, of where I am now and, and how I got here. Um, like, I, I was a business graduate and undergrad, uh, in, in, and I'm Canadian, so that's a bit more common in uh, in Canada. But I, I didn't had no idea what I wanted to do. I got into investment banking because they were who hired hired me, and I, you know, I liked finance and I liked numbers, but you know, I was I just felt like I didn't know anything, and that that world or the investment banking world would would really help me and. For those who don't know what it is, I mean, we I, I still do that today, and uh, I focus on mergers and acquisitions. We we do capital raising, but a lot of it is, hey, an entrepreneur wants to sell their business or a company wants to sell their business, and we're consultants that help them do that. And um, I started in that career, and the crazy thing about it is that there are hundred hour weeks are very common. You know, you work in the wrong place, maybe more, and uh, it's an interesting mindset as far as you know it goes of what that's like. And I sort of told myself, oh, I'll do it for two years, learn a ton, and then go do something else I'm sort of more passionate about. And I hit the 10-year mark and <laughs> I'm still being in, in investment banking and, and sort of reflected on it saying like, what am I doing? Like, is this, is this, am I here forever? And is there more to it than that? Is there more to life, more to my career? And so I ended up just leaving, you know, slowly over time, realizing I needed to leave. And I had been involved in a, in a food business. It was a, a restaurant and catering business. And so I just really thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur and was was that was sort of my next journey and, and where I wanted to apply myself next. And um and so I spent time doing that. And the, you know, we 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 gained some progress. I had a good team there. It, it was it was going pretty well. And then the pandemic hit us. Mm. And uh we were just a food business and it just really destroyed the business. We were heavy into commercial, uh, like uh, office catering and office lunches. And that was just gone right away. And so, you know, we, we pivoted a lot in the business and, and it was incredibly like, just all. I've never been so stressed. I never slept so little just just thinking about the future and 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 everything involved in the business. And and it, it became challenging. I mean, we, we pivoted and we spent a lot of time trying to figure out an e-commerce business and delivering to to, to everyone in in part of the uh, Ontario, the greater Toronto area and, uh, and and delivering food. But it just was incredibly challenging. And that whole perspective, though, and that insight, I think, made me realize that I actually enjoyed and my the job I was doing before. And so I slowly made my way back, actually, to the world of investment banking and uh, ended up selling that business it wasn't um it, you know wasn't what it was probably before but it you know it was okay and and shutting down another part of the business but it really gave me a completely different perspective when i sort of returned to the world of investment banking and i, I definitely learned a lot through through going through that it wasn't financially the most amazing uh, opportunity of of my lifetime but it was certainly a, a great learning one right and it <clears throat> and it probably without doing that you wouldn't have the sense of appreciation for what you're doing now Back, huge back, like back. and you, I, I mean we you say that and it, probably because you've had ex experience there and i would say the same thing but you just don't realize you have no idea until you go and do it yeah. and come back and appreciate in a different way sort of what you had but just the perspective too right of, of going and doing a different job completely different job it, it's 
it, yeah, it was it was very eye-opening to have that experience. So you're talking about something that is intriguing to me. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of the Gallup studies that are they have a lot of teeth to them because of the hundreds of thousands of people that they've they've interviewed and and when you realize that over 85% are dissatisfied with what they're doing i have a belief that they're focusing on the wrong things while they're doing what they're doing and it's continuing to feed the loop of there's another reason why i don't like this job and when our mind is fixated on anything it's all we see so you're getting away and getting into the food industry and, and, and you know, seeing this whole investment side of the world a lot differently than just landing in investment banking and then figuring out how to, how to succeed in it. You, you were able to change your perspective. How do you, when you're working with your people and your companies, um, how do you make this, this shift occur or do you where people now start to find that they love what they're doing. Now, is that because they left something else and started something new? Or is it a transition that you feel can be made no matter what it is you're doing? Do you have guests you'd like Larry to interview or questions you'd like him to ask? You now have the opportunity to make us even better. Please go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T- R-E-O-N.com and join us today. Looking forward to having you be a part of this great adventure. Yeah, I think it's a good question because everyone sort of grapples with it and goes through cycles. I realized if I look back, like you were saying, I went through cycles of loving my job, hating it. There's this tendency though, I don't know, if you tend to listen to podcasts, I, I listen to a lot of them now and I host one people are pretty optimistic. Like they're not, you don't usually have really negative people on podcasts who are saying they hate everything and their life sucks. It just doesn't make for good. Uh, you, try, you try not to anyway. <laughs> and, and I do the same, but, but it's funny that I think when you're, when you're sort of in a job and you go out with your work colleagues for a beer or something, like you tend to just complain. Um, and, and there's, and there's, so there are those elements there. There are the good elements and there are the bad elements. And I think the point of, 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 of our job is is what you're saying like it's the mindset around well which part am I liking which part are not and and what's my perspective I think today there's there's privilege there's we see people on Instagram Facebook every you know who are who really seem like they're enjoying themselves and they're hardly even working and we we just we sort of envy that and we'll do it when our you know our neighbor shows up with a fancy sports car or something. And we think, oh, what am I doing wrong? Like, what am I missing out on? And it's really the wrong perspective. I, I definitely had that perspective when I was younger and I thought that way. But I think as you get older or as I've gotten older and, and sort of realized and been able to reflect, it's like, well, that doesn't really bring me a whole lot. I really need to think about my job and how to, how, what it does for me. And that's what I've really focused on a lot is, and I, you know, I've got examples of, of sort of how I've thought about it over time and, 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 and advance that thinking. But, you know, the more you can think about your job in the, hey, I'm learning, hey, I'm developing, hey, here's what I'm getting out of it is, is better. And like, I, I just, I, I like to think of the job as here's a challenge that I'm going to go out and do, and, and I'm going to go achieve it. I, I'm going to set a goal, and I'm going to try to achieve it as well as I can. And I don't have that in a lot of other parts of my life. Like, uh, you know, I may have a 
other friends. I may have, you know, my kids and, and whatever, but I'm not, it's not quite the same. And, and as um, you don't get the feedback the same way as your job, when you get, you know, you get, when that leads to a promotion, when that leads to landing a new client, when that leads to you just doing a really good piece of work, um, it's really rewarding. And it's, it, I think we, we almost feel bad. Like we shouldn't be really happy about it or that we, sh- you know, shouldn't feel great about that achievement, but no, no, no. Like that's, that's what we're doing. That's uh that you can f- find a lot of fulfillment by doing that. Yeah. I think that humility is overrated. And, right. and, and what I mean by that is, is <clears throat> I'm not talking about arrogance or boy, aren't I something, um, I'm talking about the fact that that one has got to learn to pat themselves on the back, to give themselves some kudos. Yeah, was it perfect? Probably not. <clears throat> but did I make progress? Absolutely. And, <clears throat> excuse me, when we get into this perfect mindset, like you said, watching the neighbor drive up that car, and that car happens to be, you know, a better model, a newer model than what we happen to be driving, we can get caught up in starting to rate ourselves under the wrong categories. And I think everybody understands that intellectually, mm-hmm. but it still goes on a lot emotionally. And <clears throat> if, you, if you're taking a, an, an organization and you want to help them position themselves to sell their company, what are some of the shifts that have to occur? Because some I'm sure some owners put much more value on their organization than what it's worth. And that's not good news when you, you know, you have to sober them up a little bit. And some go the opposite direction to the point where they don't recognize the worth of what they have to offer. You, you mean um, a business owner? Yeah, a business owner. Um, and you know, and and it's kind of a metaphor for how much do we value ourselves. And I think that, you know, it, 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 we can peel the onion and get really deep with that. But what have your experiences been with helping an organization or a small company get a sense of what their real worth is out there in the market? Yeah, I mean, unf- so counter to a little bit what we said there, when you do talk about value, you typically compare it to others right that's what you're doing sure um yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know you're going to sell your house you're another house sold in the neighborhood for x amount that's typically what you do um yeah. and so but i think the way to think about it especially when you're selling a business is what's the value to someone else when you're when you're selling it when you're transferring it and i actually think though you know that can be a sounds easy but can be actually a really challenging concept to really understand and look at it because a business is really complicated there's especially the bigger it is, there's a lot of elements, components to think about and try to figure out, okay, well, what does this mean to these buyers? And, you know, you only know the buyer so well, so you're not quite sure. Um, And you could replicate that or or translate that to a person as well, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, like we are ourselves, our own businesses, right? We have different things. You and I, you know, we have jobs and podcasts sometimes, and you have houses and investments, and you have all these different elements of you. And yes, you are trying to sell yourself at times where you want someone to pay you for your services and you want them to value you. And I think certainly there's a, a balance there of having confidence that you're willing to understand what your own value is and being able to sell sell that and, and, and being able to ask for that 
value from someone else and say no if they're not going to give it to you. Um, and on the flip side, you know, not think that your value is too much. So it's very similar to a to a business and how you approach it. It's you know looking through it, comparing to others, trying to figure out okay, well, how do we you know think about the value that you provide and what you can do and and what you can do and grow. And a lot of the the value in a company and actually pretty much all the value is in the future. It's what can you how can we glean what has been done today to what means in the future? You made a lot of money three years ago. It doesn't really matter, except that it might mean you can be good at making money next year. And that's what matters. And so it's it's looking into into that and the future ability of you to 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 really value the business today. You know, as as a great answer, I appreciate that. Um, a lot of insight. What have you had have you dealt with um owners as you're giving them the truth that have gotten defensive as a result of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I probably noticed it more starkly when I first started my career, but I had people yelling at me, like they were just like literally not in an <laughs> office set, like a, you know, a client who's just upset um, and uh, yeah. not necessarily just at me, but, you know, generally at us and, and the team doing it. And, uh, and yeah, no, I, I think you, it's, it's you you want people to be passionate um, and they are. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine it had a lot to do with your presentation. Your presentation has probably got a lot more um, discerning, per perhaps, so that the blow is more of a, here's how, how we can make this work even better for you, as opposed to, no, you're not worth that. Right, right. No, no, you don't want to. I mean, it's it, the hard part when you have a when you're doing client work. So I do client work. I've got a, a client. I don't want to tell them they're they're bad. You can't tell them that their company's not worth anything or that you have no idea on how to create value or anything. You you really have to show them, okay, yes, you think it's here, and if these things can be true, then yes, maybe, but otherwise, maybe not. And that's sort of how you have to do it. You have to sort of cushion. I have cushioned the the, the decision a little bit or cushioned the uh, that news. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I would imagine that when you're dealing with an organization that's that's um has the talking head and and they are the product, it it's it makes a much different transition on how do you sell that when when they won't be a, along with it. You have don't you have to totally reposition the company, don't you, or reinvent it for that to happen? Yes, I mean some advice for a founder if you are the face and the name and literally, you know, the name is is on the door or 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 the company, you do have to think about that quite a bit and and especially uh, you don't have to change the name, you don't but over time transitioning so that some others can be involved, it does really create a lot more value for for your business to be able to do that. It can be hard though and and some businesses just, you know, they are that person and they will die, you know, die with that person when they die yeah. or when they decide to stop. It, it does happen, but um, you know, creating a, a large organization for sure, you want something that can um, that can survive into the future and 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 exist. And so that can be a big thing of diligence and just of any acquirer looking at it and saying, hey, if I have this key person and they leave, is the value of the business completely gone? And that and that can very well be be true. And so, you know, the resiliency of your organization can oftentimes depend on how you can transition though what the business is to someone else and and or a group usually it's a group of other people who can sort of operate it without without you and that is usually a yeah. a good goal for uh for you know again certain types of, of companies yeah and it's probably good information so that they can start the marketing and the transition of branding and everything else as, as opposed to waiting until it's too late 
Yeah. 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 No. So um, I get the Wendy's example of Dave Thomas is like an interesting one where he's sort of the spokesperson. And then all of a sudden they had a transition and it wasn't, you know, at least, you know, it can happen. It, 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 you can have your key person sort of leave. And, and there's, you know, many examples of that. And um, it, it, you know, it doesn't have, it's, it's a marketing endeavor, obviously, but it doesn't mean that the value of your, of your, your organization has to necessarily uh, be, you know, go down at all, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So we st- I started out raising this question about the future of work and AI's role into it. What would, what would you, um, you know, I've, I've, I've messed with uh, chat uh, <clears throat> AI and writing yeah. some articles and, and got back something that ha- didn't have my voice in it anymore and, and realized, you know, I had to kind of tweak a little bit, but, but, but the other side of me was like, wow. Uh, all somebody has to do is put an idea in there and an article gets written and it's really not, there's really not any creativity or any, any depth and background of the author. It's all been done by an artificial intelligence that has access to all of the information, if you will. Where does that play into the future of work and what does that look like for you, the whole, that whole concept? Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible how much has changed in or or how many developments there have been even in the last few years. I mean, I think the pandemic has really pushed forward remote work, which is a huge topic that, you know, you know, as an organization, I think a lot of people talk about. And then now sort of AI is becoming the new you know, people aren't really talking about the the work from home quite as much. It's now been sort of AI and being replaced there. And I, you know, my perspective is really that, I mean, you're not gonna be able to fight it, I don't think. I don't, I don't think there's a way to necessarily so it's it, you know, you and any job have to figure out in any position, any role, as just as a professional, how it works for you. I think trying to ignore it or pretend like it's it's not there is, is probably not wise. It's probably wise to actually, you know, learn more about it. What's interesting is, so I have listened to a lot of different perspectives about it. And what's interesting is that, you know, when, when programming and computers and apps and all that sort of stuff came about, there was a certain group of people that knew, you know, they went to school for, for computer engineering, computer programming, and they learned that. But they were the only ones that can do it. If you had a startup and you wanted to start a company, you kind of need to be a programmer to do it. Otherwise, you'd have to pay really expensive rates to try to get someone to build something. And you never really knew what you were getting. What's interesting with like AI is that it's it's actually from a it, it's most developed or it seems the, the furthest along uh, on on that track. Like uh, it's a really good programmer, apparently. Um, you know, it's very good at writing sort of basic code and doing that. It's not great at writing essays because essays need heart and and they need that culture and they need that uniqueness and that personality of the author and all those things. But with code, it doesn't. Um, and what actually I think is going to end up happening is, and where we're headed is that it will actually just enable a lot of people who don't know how to code or don't know how to do things that are, that require that knowledge or whatever to be able to do it. So, you know, in theory, our, you know, our even our parents or, or you, you know, you're, you could be in your sixties and just kind of ask Chad GPT or the equivalent, you know, can, can you do this? Um, and it can do it for you. And it's not like you need to know how to code it because it can. So there's actually quite a few possibilities. Like there's anyway, that's just one very small example. But I, I'm kind of an optimist on it. I think I'm naturally by nature an optimist. And I think that there will be the benefit. I don't think it's going to change a crazy amount all, all at once, but it, it is going to move quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what would be an example that somebody would need to have something coded for them? It would like the creating a new app or something or what would it, what would we we as listeners 
use as an example of why I would need the yeah, I, like I said, code zone. So I agree. That's a bit more like abstract. In a, for a coder's perspective, you know, if they're trying to do a simple sequence of something, that you know, they can ask ChatGPT to do it, and 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 are integrating that into how they make make things. But I would say for the average person, a good example is Excel. So a lot of us use Excel. We have different knowledge of it. There's actually a bunch of AI related tools now in Excel that you can get. And rather than having to know all of the coding, you can now just sort of ask it and say, "Hey, you know." kind of just literally type and say, hey, I want I want you to take this and anything that has, you know, an address in Canada or, you know, pick your state or whatever it is, put it in this column. And rather than having to know how to how to what what code you need to put in there or what kind of syntax you need for Excel, it'll just do it for you. And so that is an, you know, an example where you actually now you don't need to learn how to uh, to code because it, it it'll and, and you don't have to learn the you know Excel is not really coding but it's sort of more complex right. algorithms or can be and it just will kind of do that for you. So this is just like a simple example, but you need to learn at least how to use it and and how to how to interact with ChatGPT and and whatever these AI programs are because it is different than just to say a pure Google. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Let's let's shift with the time that we have remaining a little bit to this concept which I think is an enigma um, to, to most people called work-life balance. And, um, you know, everybody seems to want it, but very few know how to obtain it. And, um, you know, you talked about working 80 hours to 100 hours a week, and I'm sure there was a time where we would sit around over a cocktail and brag who was first in and who was last out. I remember working with with Pepsi years ago, and that was the culture was how long, how many hours have you put in? And that they they have transcended from that as many organizations have because they're burning people out and people are leaving. And, you know, you want to create something where people can have a life and not just all work. What what do you talk about when you bring work life balance into play? What does that mean to you? Yeah, it has mean a lot of different things over the years. Certainly, yeah, I didn't have a whole lot when I you know, early on in my career, and now I have you know two kids, and and obviously spending time with them is it doesn't. It's, I would definitely consider not work, but with the work from home, it definitely has sort of blurred where there's a lot of that going on. Um, but my perspective and the way I sort of have thinking about it is that, like, I, I just hate the mindset of it's Monday, this is bad. It's Friday, this is good. I'm sort of of this, like, these are different things, not necessarily good or bad. <laughs> they are just different. I get different things out of work and the work week rather than the weekend. And, and you know, I think it's important to distinguish those and, and have breaks. But at the same time, like, you, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't think of it as as dread or, or you know, the you putting in the work to get the weekend. I, I kind of have, have, have really shifted my mentality away from that and, you know, into the, hey, these are just different times. And um, and, and I really think about because I, what I've realized with with me working is that I get a lot out of it. I get a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment out of it because of, of what I'm doing and achieving things and, and all that. And really, the journey of work is 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 one of that. It's it's and that's part of the podcast that I have. It's that we spend just so much time at work. Like if we don't like that time then what are we doing, right? We should, and, and we're, we're, we do live in these crazy times where we can have AI or we can have an assistant or we can have, we can outsource the things that we don't want to do or find a new job because there are just so many and we can access so many of them in the world that 
you should just kind of find a job that you like and that that you you know you look forward to on Monday. So um, if that means changing jobs a lot, if that means exploring different things, and then, then go ahead and do it. So the way I've thought about it is that really like the your career search or what you want to do next is really about finding that that Monday that you want to to attend, like they, where you look forward to it. And if you can, again, you're not going to like every second of work. You're not going to like all of it all the time. But if you can, you know, truly look forward to to getting back at it and, and doing your work, then I think you found something in that. And, and just, that's my perspective on work-life balance. It is not like a, hey, this many hours is the perfect amount and whatever. Yeah. I think it's really, you know, it has to be you. You're never going to get it perfect. But, um, you know, tend to just try to find as much like joy in the various things that you're doing all the time and, yeah. and sort of balance it accordingly. So, you know, it, <clears throat> I, what I heard you saying is you find joy because you're able to influence something. You're able to make a difference. And, and I think what happens to people is they lose their sense of influence. It's just a routine now. It's just a, you know, that I'm looking forward to lunch. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm shutting down mentally about four because we're out of here by. And it's and they've lost their sense of influence. And so what a lot of people think is if I get another job, they really don't think about whether that will be more influential. But that's really what's driving them intrinsically is I'm just a cog in the wheel here. And that's, I believe, why 85 percent of people feel dissatisfaction. And a lot of companies go about it the wrong way, as we know, bringing ping pong tables in and providing food. Well, if the, qual if the quality of life doesn't change around that. So I would suggest, too, and I wanted to get your feedback on this, that people that are doing something right now that they're not finding fulfilling is the time now to start practicing influence, to start raising their hand, to start asking questions, to start sharing ideas, because They've got to make that mental shift. And if they think the next job is going to be any different, they're going to bring themselves, someone who doesn't think they're influential, to the next job. And it's not going to take long before they're not influential there either because they haven't developed those habits or those attitudes by practicing where they are now, which is, which is what I see you doing is you love what you're doing because you've made it an adventure. You, you've set a quest out there of what you want to accomplish. And, you know, you listen more intently when your client is sharing so you can see where I can bring value. And, and all of that ties into the quality of life. And I'm sure then you bring it to your children. You know, there's times when we're not perfect where we're daydreaming oh. while sharing something with us. But I think it's something that instills itself in all that we do. And what would be your what would be your take on the power of feeling influential? I, I think you're totally right. I think that like maybe a different way to think about it is is your job, there's games. It's a game. And okay. <laughs> the goal is to figure out, okay, well, what am I trying to achieve in this game? And if you don't have a next level and you think of it as a movie or a video game, if you want, like if you if you don't have an objective and you're not headed somewhere or, it seems so challenging to actually get there. You're just not going to enjoy it. It's just, it's going to seem either daunting or impossible or just non-fulfilling. And so I do think you have to think about your job that way. 
Um, and, and just, and you know, it can be the long term of, Hey, I want to get promoted, but it could also be the short of like, Hey, I just want to get this amazing email out and, and have it be the best that it can be. Like it can be big or small. Um, so yeah. I, I think it's, it, it, you know, it's something like that. And yeah, I mean, when you reach a point where you can't find any goal that you want, or you're just so frustrated, or you feel like it's impossible, then yeah, it may be time to look for another job. But it's, it, you know, there's a good chance that that maybe that's not there and you need a different perspective and you need to start asking people and getting advice and maybe listening to these podcasts because it does help give you different perspectives on other people. But, you know, I can give an example quickly of my myself where, um, you know, I, I was super happy with my job. I did a, I had, we had this project we were working on and we're paid with, with bone, like we have a bonus at the end of um, most of our projects. And, you know, I, I did a, a, what I thought was a great job. I, I, I was expecting a certain, you know, dollar bonus and I ended up getting less. And I got really upset about it. I, I talked to a bunch of the people I worked with and said, like, I don't understand that, you know, just trying to sort of get out of it. And and they didn't I mean, they didn't care enough. They didn't care as much as I cared, because for me, it wasn't about the money. It was about like the the showing that I did a good job. Right. I wanted I, I it was sort of like, hey, this is what was you know promised or or I thought was was going to be the, the amount that I was getting. And it was less. And I thought, well, did I did that mean that I didn't do as a good job? And I, you know, I got in my head about it. I, I said, Hey, well, what does this mean? Is this the place I really want to work? Like you just, you you just make it it's such a big deal. And what I ended up sort of realizing after just really trying to calm down and eventually was that, you know, I was just becoming almost self-destructive in, in me just trying to find problems and, and whatever. And I needed to, like, it didn't matter. It's not like I wanted the extra few thousand dollars or whatever, like that didn't really matter to, to me. It wasn't what it was about. It was the, it was, it was the, the success about it or the 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 knowledge and principle the, of the thing yeah it was you know it's kind yeah. of the I, I wanted to be acknowledged really and that's what it was and it was almost the other way of no no, no you don't deserve this and so that's very frustrating and no matter what that's going to happen to you in any job and i think you just have to figure out how to be the bigger person in it and do what's best for you and that's how i wrapped myself around my head around it and got past it was like all right, fine. Well, I mean, challenge accepted. I'm going to try even harder and do better the next time and, and, and not let it bother, you know, not let it bother me. And fine. If it keeps happening and I can't figure out how to be happy, then I guess that's going to be that. But, you know, it's not, you know, don't hold it against everyone because I mean, we're, you know, your, your bosses are human people and they make mistakes too. And they don't always know and they don't, they can't always care. And, um, you just have to, you know, live with what really matters to you. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and 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 unfortunately, you know, at, when it's interesting, it goes by so fast. And I appreciate <laughs> the time that we've had together. Um, you know, with people out there that may find themselves in that situation where it's it's they're not getting the the reward, and maybe they're not even in accomplishing feeling good about the email that they wrote. And so they're not getting dopamine is not being put in dumped into the system, which is that, you know, keeps us in the game, you know, that bad game of golf, but you get one great shot, you know, and so you want to come back because it felt so good. What would you leave people with to be thinking about? Because our audience is a wide range from from looking for the job, next job to to getting ready to sell the job and everything in between to not having a job um, to kind of uh, as another nugget that you can share with us of the many you've already provided uh, that they can be thinking about wherever they find themselves now regarding their work. 
Yeah, I mean, I I just echo that. You know, figure find put yourself in a place where you, where you can can grow and try to achieve achieve something and and set goals for yourself that are that are achievable and and rewarding. And if you're worried about it because you can't, make a list. Like just write down what you want out of life, out of your job, where you know the instances where you found a lot of fulfillment in what you've done where where you've you you really liked where you really didn't like and just sort of actually write it down it, it it's helpful to even if you don't use it now you're going to look back on it or, or be able to use it in the future but and then see like see if if you think that there are any ways that in your current job or what you're currently doing now you can you, you can get back to that point where you're, where you are enjoying yourself or where you are setting goals and achieving them and if not then yes probably look for your job it's it's not advisable to go in a huff and and leave your job right away or quit immediately on the spot once you decide that but you know be deliberate about it and and go and explore what else is out there you know talk to people whatever figure out what other jobs are there and come up with a new goal yeah beautiful beautiful well thank you very much greg it's been a pleasure to have you on today and i know that our listeners have found it invaluable um So to all of our listeners, I know you had a lot of selections and choices. I want to thank you for tuning in to us today. And always remember, wherever you are, you are exactly where you need to be. And remember, it's all about the choice that you make and the circumstance you find yourself in. And as Greg has said, Craig has said, if it's if it's not about the vision and what it is you want, then and then it's probably not the right choice. And again, with without having that, you know, and Greg would attest to this, then, you know, it's just another Monday. And then Wednesday becomes hump day. And if I can just get over this and 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 as as I think all of us understand, that's no way to live our lives. So thank you so much for for sharing with us today, Greg and and um And we very much appreciate your insights and how you have kind of put a new perspective on work-life balance and the importance of not looping the bad news until the point where you walk away from the job, but finding out that, as you mentioned, you know, it's not always a great day for your leader either. And uh, we have to become a little more compassionate to, to really enjoy our lives, so. Thanks again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And to all of you, we look forward to the next opportunity to uh, to share each other's ideas. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we ask that you please subscribe and share with your friends and associates. What makes some companies and people successful and others not? It often has to do with their story than their product. This question and more will be answered on Larry's next podcast with his illustrious guest, Guillaume Viat. His quote says so much as to what's possible by tweaking our message. People will pay for a story, but die for a narrative. Guillaume Viat is the author of A Strategic Narrative, a simple method that business leaders can use to help everyone understand their business, get behind it, and believe in it.